0: i Kevin Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, today I want to tell you about a really interesting case that I had, and I call it the case of the haunted gun collection. Now, you know, lately in the news, and one of the buzzwords, and one of the things that the aunties like to push is, the, is they want to ban ghost guns. Ooh, scary. Ghost guns. This is like a gun Casper might have, or you know, what are we talking about? Well, you know, it's just they just come up with these pejorative fear mongering terms to scare the public. And you know, all a ghost gun is, is a homemade firearm. And you're you've been we've been making guns in our homes since America was founded. And you're allowed under federal law, you can build a gun for your own private use. And, you know, just uh, can't be a prohibited weapon like a NFA gun, but you can build your own rifle or shotgun or handgun. Now, some states have passed laws, you know, trying to ban and prohibit this, and New Jersey is one of them. But this today is not about ghost guns as the media and the anti-gunners like to use the term. This is about real ghost guns. So let me tell you, I I was one day in my office and um, had an appointment with this couple who came in and uh, they sit down in the office and the man is uh, average, a little overweight, just you know, uh, normal looking guy, right? And his, his wife was a lovely person, a wonderful person but she was absolutely emaciated. She was like a living skeleton. I'm not kidding. And she had huge, as we used to say, Coke bottle glasses, really thick glasses and like a skeleton look. And man, you know, I wondered, like, wow. And I was, of course, talking with her and I find out that what it was is she had been fighting a debilitating disease, uh, I think a type of cancer for many years. And she had actually died a number of times and been revived and uh she claimed that after her death experiences and being brought back to life that she became empowered through this with a a certain gift that maybe the underpinnings were there but this released it where she was able to uh communicate with the spirits that she was able to uh, uh see and communicate and have this uh, ability, uh, kind of like a uh, uh, you know the uh, the folks that uh, you see and hear about that um, talk with the beyond. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with her about any of that. I mean, if that's what she's saying, that's fine. And like I said, real nice person. And these uh, two, unfortunately had gotten into an argument. And it was a loud argument, nothing physical. But in New Jersey, even a loud argument can be considered harassment, arguably, and domestic violence. And so some do-gooder neighbor called the police on him, and then the police came. Uh, They said, well, they were just arguing, but, you know, didn't. And they're like, no, no, no. They have to take the steps, and, you know, parties were upset, so that's too bad. And they issued a temporary restraining order and as part and parcel to just about every temporary restraining order New Jersey ever issues, the uh, weapons, all firearms, were seized. You see, in order to have a, a temporary restraining order and a domestic violence issue in New Jersey, only two things need to be shown. One is that the person who's the plaintiff qualifies as quote a a victim now that doesn't mean that any determination has been made that they're a victim no no the statute right out of the box just says you're you fall under the definition of victim of domestic violence if you're a spouse or uh, you know girlfriend someone you have a dating relationship with or a, a, a common household member you share share the household in that regard and so if you fall under that you've already met the first requirement And then the second requirement is you have to show what's called a predicate predicate act of domestic violence, which is a list of criminal type offenses. And they range all the way from, you know, homicide all the way down to the lowest level of offense in New Jersey, harassment. And harassment is a petty disorderly persons and in the domestic restraining order world, the standard of proof is just the preponderance of the evidence, a low burden of proof. And what is the essence of harassment? Well, it is uh, essentially uh, doing something with purpose to annoy. That's really all it is. So I know none of you have ever annoyed your spouse, right? Because if you have annoyed your spouse, well, you've committed domestic violence under New Jersey's domestic violence law. And, and a restraining order can issue against you. And all your firearms can can and will be seized and that's what happened here but you see these folks had been collecting their firearms together for a while and they had a very substantial collection of antique firearms probably quarter million dollars at least in in antique firearms but the thing that was so interesting here is how they collected the antique firearms. See, I love antique firearms. I love all firearms, and as a collector, I look for historic significance, you know, something to the design of the firearm maybe or the history of the firearm or things that are make it, you know, rarity and all these things that collectors love. But that's not how they collected their antique firearms and other weapons too, edged weapons as well. The way they collected was they would go to Antique arm shows or even antique shows. And if they found an antique weapon of any sort, she would hold it. And if it spoke to her, if the spirits that were possessed in it, if there was this spiritual ghost in what she was holding and she could communicate with it, ah, that's the weapon they wanted to collect and buy so every gun that they had purchased every sword every every accoutrement everything associated with this was gathered because of her communication with the beyond with each of these and they were very concerned about getting their firearms back and their weapons back and all this and i can understand Because, hey, it's a lot of money at stake there, right? No question, and for that reason alone. But even beyond that, as she related to me, her babies need to come home. They're very upset, and they don't like what has happened to them. And we need to get them back as soon as possible. And I'm like, well, no problem. I'll be happy to help you. It's what I do. I'll be happy to get these back as soon as possible and if we can, and we'll fight to do it. So they retained me to do this and uh I said, boy, this is an interesting one. But anyway, I call up the county prosecutor who's a friend of mine. I mean we'll deal with them on all kinds of cases. And I figure this is a new one that should be fun, letting them know the facts about this, right? So I get Ray on the phone. And I say, "Hey, Ray, man, uh, how are things in your evidence room, right? Like I'm going to joke around about what's going on here." And suddenly the phone goes silent. And Ray goes, "Why are you asking me that?" And I'm like, "Ray, man, what's the matter? What are you just having, man? What are you talking? Why are you asking me that?" I said, hey, relax, man. It's okay. I'll just, no, I need to know. You better tell me. And I said, all right, all right, Ty, what, what, I don't, What? why? What's, what's the, pro- well, are people talking about it? Are people saying things about what's going on? Is this, is this, is this getting, I go, no, no, no. I said, I just called you because I was going to have a few, we're going to have some chuckles here because I have this, uh, new case. And I'll tell you what she said, you know, this whole, it's a very valuable collection that was, yeah, I know. I know. I said, "Yeah, this whole collection, you know." And and she was telling me how she, you know, is in touch with the Beyond, and they've collected all these weapons because she would pick them up, and if they spoke to her, and they had this, they were possessed in whatever way. That's how they would buy them. So he's like, "Oh my God, Evan!" He goes, "You would not believe what's going on in my evidence room." I said, "Well, no, tell me what." He goes the lights keep going on and off and on and off we had electricians no one can fix it the shelves have collapsed on their own making a disaster the, the inventory in our computers has gone berserk we can't figure it out we're trying to save data it's insane i have no idea what's going on i said well i guess we do know now what's going on he goes oh my guy goes what are we going to do we got to get these things out of here we gotta i gotta i can't i can't function with this and i said. Well, I'll tell you what, Ray, um, you know, I, I know this may be a little unusual, but I think we need to bring her in and let her, like, talk to everything, you know? And he's like, what do you mean, get her in the evidence room in the county? I said, well, yeah, because the judge, you know, it's going to take a while for the for this to move, and I know you'll expedite it and all, but, you know, it's going to take some time. It's like, oh my God, how can I get her in? What can I say? We've never had anybody. How can I bring I go, well look, man, here's the deal. I said, look, this is like quarter million dollars in in antique weapons, and they need special care, as you can readily tell. They need special care. Why don't you tell your boy, hey, that we need to bring we need to bring the owners in so that they can tell how the care needs to be made and help you with the care. And just, you know, address it. And that, okay, that might work. Let me try. Let me see if I can get him to come in and get permission so they can explain how to care for all this. So he calls me back. He goes, Yeah, yeah, okay, it's set. Here's the date. Bring him down, bring her down. And, 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 you know, like, it was like within a day, come on down. And when you can tell you how to do it. Go, okay, great. So I go down to county with my clients and I go in there and I see Ray and he's like, Okay, follow me, follow me. Go through the buzzer and all this stuff. He's like, Okay. Now we're going to have her go in the evidence room here where we store all this and, and she can go in I'm like, okay. So she walks in, right. And I'm like there and Ray's there. And, and she goes in and she's like, like zoning out. She's like zoning out. And she's like putting her hands around and near and all above and doing all this stuff, totally zoned out to all of them. And Ray's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and she's just doing her thing. I'm like, I have no idea. And then, after about like fifteen minutes of this, I'm not kidding, about fifteen minutes of this, she it seemed like an hour. She turns around, she says, Okay, they've all agreed to behave themselves. And and they won't do anything else, but you have to make it, you know, so that they come back as fast as possible. And Ray's like, yeah, no problem. We're gonna we're gonna expedite this, ma'am. We're gonna expedite, don't you worry. He's like, Okay. And she just walked out of there and I'm looking at him and he's looking at him like man just get that order done as soon as possible let's get it to the judge because that's what we need to do if you want your evidence room back and that is a true story that's actually how it went down so you know I guess sometimes if your guns have a little bit of a spiritual and possession by the beyond it may actually aid in speeding the return of your property So there you go. When we come back in a little bit, I'm going to tell you about one of the biggest monstrosities of gun control ever proposed.
1: For over 30 years, Attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Napping on Gun Law. A bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Nappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer.
0: Hey, you know, I get great emails from listeners and I love to read them. And, uh, and often if they're ones of interest, I like to uh, go here on the show and talk about it. And I have a couple here that I think you may find interesting as well. This one's from Paul. It says regarding a firearm purchase denial. It said he received a denial for a firearm purchase in Maryland. It says I challenged and sent expungement compliance file showing my record was expunged from 1975 incidents. So this is over 40 years ago. He said he was arrested, went to court for an assault charge, received one year probation, and the Maryland State Police sent him his HQL license and said his record's clear and he could legally own a firearm. But Nick's then sent a letter that they don't care about states' rights and they don't recognize the expungement and that he could not purchase the shotgun. Is there anything legally that he can do to get his rights back? Because the incident itself happened 47 years ago. No weapons involved, and I have nothing on my record since. So this letter really shows a couple things. Number one, the absurdity of the prohibition of folks with criminal records because there's no time limit you got guys like this with one incident where it was it wasn't even incarceration from 47 years ago and he's being barred from exercising his second amendment rights and here's a guy who went above and beyond and even got an expungement which is you know clearing his record and yet the feds aren't recognizing it now he doesn't say whether he got an expungement in maryland or if it was from new jersey but i'll tell you a New Jersey expungement uh, clears the record, and it's legally deemed not to have occurred once you have an expungement. And more importantly, federal law, and that's what the NIC system is based on, federal law, federal law expressly recognizes state expungements as clearing an individual for the, quote, felon in possession prohibition or felon prohibition, if you will, under federal law. And so I don't understand why Nix is not recognizing his expungement, unless the expungement maybe was done in Maryland or some other jurisdiction where the expungement doesn't fully restore one's civil rights. So it removes the conviction and has a rights restoration because the feds look at, uh, they look at whether you have your civil rights restored. And that means, you know, your right to vote. Do you have the right to hold public office? Do you have the right to serve on a jury? And you know, if all these rights are restored and your therefore your Second Amendment right is restored, then they're supposed to recognize it. So, unfortunately, without having more information, I can't specifically tell you why Nix would deny it. Also, it could be that they're just dumbasses, which plenty of them are, and it could just be a blatant mistake. So, the thing to do is to file the appeal with Nix you know, they said that they, they're they essentially uh, not recognizing it, but send in the appeal and fight it out because um, maybe you'll get someone with a brain who may realize that, in fact, they are mistaken and reverse the next denial. And meanwhile, examine and see from the attorney who did your expungement <clears throat> exactly in that jurisdiction what the expungement is supposed to relieve uh, and make sure it isn't one of the... Uh, type of rights restorations that are incomplete and still leave you barred. I'll give you an example. In Massachusetts, they don't offer annulment or expungement or even waiver disabilities, but they do offer a quota sealing. And you say, wow, if I get my record sealed, that's pretty good. But Mass only does the sealing for effect on employment. They specifically does not cover gun rights. So if you think your record's been sealed and you're okay in Mass, you're not. So unless it's something like that, but it's definitely worth exploring and fighting. you got to fight. You can't let the bureaucrats win. So go at it. Here's another uh, email from a listener. It says regarding a New Jersey pistol permit. See, in New Jersey, you need a pistol purchase permit for every handgun you want to purchase or acquire in New Jersey. It has to have a separate permit per handgun, which is also the form of register. And Victor says, hey, Evan, huge fan for many years. I love the podcast so far. I listen every Sunday morning before the Gun for Hire radio, which is our friend Anthony Calandro does a great podcast at Gun for Hire radio. I love the style in which you present and how you start out with the episodes with the story. I'm really enjoying the podcast, and thanks, Victor. I'm glad you are. Anyway, here's my question. He says, can I get in trouble for not filling in my employer's name on my pistol permit application i'm not using my firearms for work so why does my employer need to be on the application last time i was actually harassed by the company i work for as to why i was being investigated for permits so i'm trying to avoid the headache and unfortunately new jersey is an example to all the rest of the country of what you never want to have happen in your state because new jersey they are allowed to ask who your employer is and again what relevance does that have to your ability to have a gun? None, but doesn't matter. And then when you list your employer, then when the, your employer is called by the police, as happened to this fellow already, for investigating for permits, now your privacy about your uh, firearms and acquisition is, is doesn't exist. Now the employer is now thinking, you know, why does this guy have a gun? And maybe he doesn't understand guns and can have all these ramifications and look they know what they they know it the the, the state knows it and yeah they want to contact the employers they want to cause trouble for you they want to put yet another barrier between you and your ability to exercise your second amendment rights so all of these requirements this employer requirement all these different things are all there to be hurdles to stop you and slow you down. And that's all these licensing matters do. Do you think employment information on a gun application has anything whatsoever to do with crime? No, not at all. It has to do with gun owner harassment. and That's what it's about. And same when they have mandatory training, all these requirements, waiting period, one gun a month, everything in place Discourage, discourage, discourage. So unfortunately in New Jersey you do have to list your employer and you are subject to them contacting and questioning because they always do it because they, quote, have to do a full investigation. Yeah, that's always the excuse. A full investigation means hounding your employer about your employment and everything else that goes into that full investigation. So, it's a New Jersey issue, it's a New Jersey problem, but if you don't live in New Jersey, keep in mind, you don't want this ever to come to your state. So, New Jersey is the shining example of what you never want to have happen. And unfortunately, that's a lead in in a minute to what we're going to talk about, because one of the most outrageous monstrosities of a gun bill ever proposed has been filed federally. And I'm going to tell you all about it. But what I want to mention to you, and this is important, just like Victor and Paul have been communicating, it's really vital that I'm able to communicate with you. And the podcast is is one of the great ways. But also, I really want to, you and your friends, I want to keep brother and sister gun owners from becoming law-abiding criminals. That's what I call them. Because they're law-abiding folks where gun laws turn them into criminals. Tell your friends to listen to the Gun Lawyer Radio. Visit my website at gun.lawyer. And what would really be great is if you take a look at our inner circle on the website at gun.lawyer. And the inner circle is where you sign up, and it's free, and it's going to be our private way to communicate And I'll be able to give you, on the inner circle, tips and tricks and insight. And we're going to have some fun as well. So sign up. It's free. Go to lawyer and join our inner circle so we can maintain this. Because, you know, big tech, they hate us. They're out to get us. They just shut down the Virginia Defense League from Facebook. Not even saying why. Just shut them down. I mean, we're seeing this over and over again. Attacks on pro two-way voices through social media and big tech. So this is one of our ways to try to insulate and protect ourselves and abilities for you to know what's going on in this very challenging times that we're in. We're gonna have big issues coming up. Executive orders, you know, they're nonstop stop there coming from uh from the White House and you're gonna start seeing executive orders on guns, you can bet on it. You're gonna need to know what you have to do to protect yourself and what loopholes there might be and I'm going to fill you in on all that. You're going to want to know. So subscribe to the podcast. Join the inner circle. Help me get the word out. I'm really depending on you to do that. So what is this right now, this threat, this newest outrage? And what it is is a bill that's been filed now federally by the infamous Sheila Jackson Lee. And Sheila Jackson Lee is a congresswoman from, if you can believe it, from Texas. I mean, she must be like the biggest embarrassment to Texans that you have this congresswoman proposing the most insane, draconian gun law bill I think I've ever read. And that's saying something because I've been at this for over 30 years way more than 30 years, and this bill just takes the cake, and I believe it probably doesn't have a great chance of success, although we may see some version of it, or never you never know, because there's some some atrocity committed, some horrible atrocity. Notice, I don't call it a tragedy. The media, oh, it was a tragedy. No, it's not a tragedy, it's an atrocity, because tragedy implies that we somehow brought this on ourselves, no, we didn't do that. we didn't make that person a mass killer, a murderer. It's their their responsibility, and they're the ones that did it, not law abiding gun owners, so they're atrocities and all it takes is some atrocity, and lo and behold, the blood dancing begins right the blood dance who all over the place, and before the and before that blood is dry, there's shouts for More of our gun rights to be taken away. And how many times we've seen that pattern. So now pre-filed, just waiting for whatever they can capitalize on, is this bill. It's H.R. 127. Let me give you some highlights about what this bill does. Well, First of all, it carries penalties up to $75,000 and 15 years in federal prison it will create a mandatory requirement that every gun owner every gun owner has an eight hundred dollar insurance policy that doesn't mean you're insured for eight hundred dollars that means that the policy is going to cost 800 and that policy is going to be run by the feds under this bill isn't that nice i'm sure it'll be just as great as obamacare Maybe better. So you'll have your $800 required insurance policy before you can even own a gun. This bill mandates that every single firearm in the United States be registered. Can you imagine this now? Even trying to do this, just in the month of January alone was a record gun buying month according to FBI nics there was 4.3 million nics transactions in one month and that does and with 4.3 million nics transactions there could have been more than one gun on those transactions and that's just one month Think about how many firearms are in the United States. I've heard estimates anywhere from a low of 300 million, which is ridiculously low, to probably upwards of uh, of a half a well over half a billion uh, firearms. Who knows? Anyway, the idea to require registration of every single gun, and there's no grandfathering, no exception. The list of the registration must include make and model the serial number, the owner and get a little of this the date acquired and where the firearm is and how it will be stored That's great. I don't know. I couldn't tell you where every gun I got from whenever I mean who knows I mean it's ridiculous. You have every single come on and then it's gonna have to be. In this registration database and get a load of this the registration database by law will be public public so that anybody that wants to get a great shopping list you know can can jump on this public database and find out where every gun in America is so that you can be subject to theft and home invasion or Hey, it's like, uh, what a great thing for America, too. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you ever watch the movie Red Dawn, okay, and I don't mean we're going to have a Red Dawn, but who knows? But there was one great scene, and, and remember John Milius, who wrote that, was very much pro gun and even was an NRA board member. You know, John Milius, uh, very you know, top writer and uh, producer, et cetera, director, all the things that, he made great movies, many of our favorites, you know, uh, the original Dirty Harry, Apocalypse now, Jeremiah Johnson, these are all milius, all Milius, Conan the barbarian, even right the list goes on, but let me tell you in that movie, uh Red Dawn, remember that scene where he goes, uh, okay, now find all the forty four seventy threes so we know everyone and where their guns are, so we can round them up right Well, this they don't have to do that now now it'll be so easy. Here's a database. That lists every gun in America and where it is and how it's stored. How nice. Boy, talk about going against the uh, absolute basis for the Second Amendment, right? And why our founding fathers put it there. You not only have to do that, but you have to also identify the person, if you lend a gun, to whom it's going to be loaned for any time, And for the time period, and that's all, by the way, undefined. And if you don't provide this information within three months of the bill passing, you're in violation. And you're looking at big-time federal charges. And any newly acquired firearm, you're going to have to do this. And the attorney general is given all the power to build and maintain the database. Isn't that nice? And the uh, content, as I said, is accessible to all members of the public, all federal authorities, all branches of the armed forces, and all state and local governments, as defined by BATF. In order to even get permission, by the way, to own any firearm, you're going to have to be 21. You're going to have to get a background check. And get it ready for this, folks. You're going to have to go through an un- specified psychological evaluation yes and they're gonna to have to determine that you're not psychologically unsuited to possess firearms imagine that so so please tell me what psychiatrists are going to be uh doing this not only that for the millions and millions of people within three months by the way that are going to have to get this, and, and they're going to be all set to say, yeah, you're good for guns and not worry about the liability if they happen to be wrong about somebody either, right? I'm sure that's going to be easy, and, of course, I'm sure they'll do it, oh, pro bono, right? No, you're going to be paying and if you can even get that, but you're going to need it, and then you're going to have to take an attorney general-approved course in gun use and safety and state storage, safe storage, and you know how many hours of training you're going to need before you're, they let you get a gun? 24 hours of training. That's not just one day of training. That's 24 hours each hour counted. So that's days and days of your life to get that. And then you're going to have to have proof of that insurance policy that's going to cost you 800 bucks at least, Right. And then if you just want to display, this is actually in the bill, folks, if you want to display an antique firearm, there's a whole bunch of conditions just to display that wall hanger, that old percussion double you have hanging over the fireplace. Good grief. And the whole psychiatric test gets designed and standards created by the attorney general who we're talking about here in the Biden administration attorney general. I'm sure they're going to be very pro-gun in their approach, right? Yeah, I can just see it now. And then I'm sorry I forgot to mention that at the psychologist's discretion, by the way, they could also require all the other members of your household to get evaluated too before you, isn't that, imagine that, so you want to exercise your rights, and now your whole family has to be subjected to psychological examination and approval, and if you were ever hospitalized for any mental problems, well, or drugs, or alcohol, or anything that endangers yourself or others, and you're, you're done, you're done, you're denied, you can't have it, And the license can easily be suspended or revoked if you in any way let that insurance policy go. You know, this is all unbelievable bad. And this is, it shows the contempt, the absolute hatred of us and disregard of our Second Amendment rights. And by the way, the licenses only last for five years. And it has this bizarre time frame where it seems like if it was issued less than five years, then you have to do some kind of crazy renewal. It looks like you're going to just be perpetually getting licensed. It's it's insanity. And then on top of that, there's special requirements. Of course, there's an assault, so-called assault weapon ban built into it and um magazines over 10 rounds are all going to be banned and they uh, they're, they're going to end up you know pushing this thing that has no effect nothing to do whatsoever with the commission of crime this is a law solely focused on law-abiding citizens to be the biggest hindrance biggest amount of problems basically taking new jersey's ridiculous standards and making it national and even worse when i can say that a federal bill is actually worse than new jersey's law i think you get the picture of how bad this is and they're going to repeal the we've had this uh ban on on making a central firearms registry just to avoid this issue and problem and risk and they're going to just you know r- repeal that oh and by the way there's just an outright ban of 50 caliber ammo ban done doesn't matter you own any 50 caliber greater ammunition it's just contraband prohibited done done And of course, there's going to be exemptions of some sort for what they call, quote, the proper authorities, but that's not, you know, figured out or defined yet. So there'll be plenty of flexibility for for the folks of the elites that they need to give special exemption for. But not you and me, not the average citizen, law-abiding citizen that... Cherishes the Constitution and and all your all our rights, and here the contempt is just outrageous, and it shows you that somebody who is this willing to walk all over, ignore, destroy the Second Amendment, you know, you really can't trust them on any other of our rights. So why this person is even serving in Congress is outrageous, and the constituents there need to know what this is, and how their rights are being affected, and to try to make this happen nationally is a disgrace. I mean, Sheila Jackson Lee has been awarded numerous times, you can Google this, as being the meanest congress person, believe it or not. Meanest being the worst one to work for, the meanest, most horrible person to work for. And I think her personality is coming out in this bill exhibiting the Absolute hatred for Second Amendment and for law-abiding citizens and our rights. And uh, this is something that we have to stay vigilant about. And as this progresses, I'll make sure you stay aware of it. But till then, this is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Hear that, Sheila? Keep it in mind.
1: Gun Lawyer is a counterthink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing Evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.